are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Arkansas basketball. I mean, that's that's it. That's the podcast. That's what it's all about. 101 to 73. They defeat South Carolina on the road. And honestly, it wasn't even that close. I mean, it's a 28 point victory, but certainly felt like more. And it's the first time that Arkansas has scored over 100 points against an SEC opponent since the 2014 2015 season. So uh, definitely an impressive showing. And the fact that Jalen Williams was not in the game makes it that much more impressive when you all things considered. And when that you know when this game happened and when I saw what was going on before the game as far as Jalen Williams not being there. I'll admit I wasn't like thinking that Arkansas was going to lose. I was kind of nervous though. I was nervous because in sports we see it happen so often where a team gets hot, a team goes and plays against good teams and plays up to that competition, and in this case, Alabama and LSU this past week. And everything's going so good. They're getting talked about. They're getting the praise. They're getting the accolades. They're doing interviews. Everything's just going beautifully. And then they have a big letdown, usually against a team that is not even worthy of their time, a team that they should work and not even be close at any point in time. Arkansas usually finds a way, uh, or at least any team, would find ways to lose. So I was nervous about this game. And I was kind of thinking, all right, well, South Carolina, they're coming off a big, nice win, I guess, against Georgia. I wouldn't call it big, but they also have beaten Florida this year. So they're a team that has shown that they're capable of beating some decent teams. So all those things mixed together, it just made me feel like in this game, I I, I wasn't going to get too excited or feel like this is going to be an easy win. But it ended up being an easy win. Not only because you have a phenomenal performance by Moses Moody, who had 28 points on 10 of 15 shooting, but Justin Smith, of course, did his thing with 22 points. J.D. Note comes off the bench, gets 21. And Desi Sills hit 15 points. He had five threes in this game. Vanover had three. Devo had four. Jalen Tate only had two. He didn't play overly great, but uh, they need him to. Vance Jackson even had six points in this game. Hit two threes, so it was good to see him back in the mix. But my point is, is like it was just a game where I felt a little nervous about. And Arkansas put that to rest. And during my radio show today, which we'll actually be talking with uh, Barstool Reeks here in just a bit and talk to him about all things college basketball in Arkansas. On my radio show today, after all the games that Arkansas has won, after all the times that they have been like, down and up, and, and even in this case, this win like against South Carolina, which you could probably make the argument was their least impressive win as far as the opponent goes, for the past 10 games. I mean, they just they, this is probably the worst team Arkansas has played in quite some time. We had more phone calls today about this basketball team than we did after Arkansas beat Bama or LSU or Kentucky. Like, we had more calls today after that. And I started to wonder why. Why today? Now, sure, it could have been just a coincidence. It could have been the fact that, hey, Arkansas just uh, – you know, played really well, and people were out and about, and people were listening to the show, because you know of all the millions of people that listen to our show every single day, of course. Um, it could have been that. But I felt like the same, I felt the same way that 
some of you who called into the show felt and why you felt like you wanted to call into the show. Because last night's game against South Carolina wasn't a game of, oh man, just now we're arriving, now we're here, now it's real. It wasn't that. It was just I think most of the people had the same feelings that I did, where going into this game, you were a little concerned about, all right, so after those big wins, how are they going to perform? And when they performed the way they did, where they stepped on the throat and they finished them off, that's when everyone started to realize, okay, this isn't a team that just has gotten up for their competition. This isn't a team that has just rolled through the punches and has gotten some good calls here and there or anything like that. This is a team that they don't care who you are. They don't care what your record is, no matter how good or how bad. They're going to beat you. And they're going to beat you in a way that is impressive. And that's what Arkansas did against South Carolina last night. Arkansas is a borderline three seed in the NCAA tournament right now. They locked up the second seed in the SEC tournament. Things are looking up. Things are exciting. It's starting to look like Arkansas this season, it's actually real. They're going to get it done and at least finally make it into that second weekend of the Sweet 16, into the Sweet 16. But I just feel like after a win like that last night, this is, this is a real thing. This isn't a fluke. This is real. And they're going to continue to perform at a high level because Eric Musselman will not let them not perform at a high level. That last night was the easiest time to get complacent. Last night was the perfect time for team for a team like Arkansas to take a step back and say, "All right, we'll just go to South Carolina, beat them, and then be home for dinner, not even worry about it." But they didn't do that. They were so focused and so motivated to win this game, as if this game was against a number one team in the country, even though it wasn't. They're on a tear. And I have gotten now to the point, folks, where if Arkansas does not make it to the Sweet 16, I'm going to be very disappointed. In my lifetime that I've been watching and covering Razorback basketball, I can't remember a time where I have felt that way, where it is Sweet 16 or bust, at least the Sweet 16 or bust. Like, I... I can't remember a time where I felt that way. Even in the Bobby Portis, Michael Qualls years, it was before even they knew that they were going to play North Carolina second round. I'm like, okay, win one because it hadn't been there forever, and this team has shown they haven't really beat anybody. The SEC was terrible. Like, no, this, that's not the feeling this year. The feeling is this year is they, they better make it to the dadgum Sweet 16. They better do it in a way that they continue to play at a high level. That's all I'm saying. So what a win. What a, what a season. And what a ride it's being. And let's hope it continues on as long as possible. And as I said on Twitter, it's almost going so good that I really hope Eric Musselman does not own a motorcycle. I don't think we have to worry about that. But what I do know is it's been a fun ride and hopefully it continues on. We're going to be joined by Barstool Reeks here in just a second. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar, and it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Now that I've getting back into the gym, the weather's starting to get a little nicer. I got a lot more activities to do outside. I got to walk my dog. I got to go to work. I got to go work out. I got to do all these things. And it makes it so much easier when you have something convenient that you can eat that's quick, tastes amazing, and gives you the proper energy and the healthiness that you need. And that's what Built Bar is all about. And the best thing about it is right here on this podcast, we're offering you a sweet deal. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It's as simple. It's as easy as that. 
Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, a lot of things in college basketball going on, and we got a special guest that is joining us right now on the phone lines. He does a great job of covering things on college basketball on Barstool Sports. That's right, great, great people there at Barstool that do a great job and always have a lot of fun talking about the sports they cover, and this is no exception. As we go to the phone lines, welcome in Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports. Also goes as Barstool Regs, or just Regs, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, Bobby, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing, and how you enjoying college basketball so far this year? Uh, I mean, from a college basketball standpoint, I've been better. <laughs> you guys have been going, been going good down there. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of thought about you, man, with uh, with Kentucky, because I have a few of my friends that uh, are in the media that cover Kentucky over at Kentucky Sports Radio, and it's just feel. I'm sure it feels surreal to you guys because it's been you know you've had some bad years and there's been some bad times in your history, but this one it's really hard to explain for you guys. Not, I mean, for me, not really. So, like, I didn't grow up in Kentucky. I grew up in, in Jersey and Pennsylvania. I had zero ties to Kentucky until I decided to go there for college. So, I became a Kentucky fan in 04, you know, to the degree of what I am now. Listen, they've missed two tournaments since this year. One was the Nerlens Noel injury. They would have been in the tournament if he doesn't get hurt. They were ranked and trending to be like a 6-7 seed. And then the other year was when I was in college, my senior year with Billy Gillespie. So, and even then, they were still alive on the bubble until they lost to Georgia in the second to last game of the season. I don't know how to handle them. Like, I'm, I'm in the middle of working on a blog that I'm going to put out the week of the NCAA tournament of, like, what do people do when their teams aren't in the tournament? Because I literally have no idea. Like, I, you know, to watch games with zero affiliation, there's always something special about when your team's in there and you have that little bit of uh, the anxious sweat waiting, especially the nighttime game. You're just sitting there watching these games going, all right, what's going to happen to us tonight? What's going to happen to us tonight? I, I, I don't have that this year, and I don't know what to do. So what's been the difference this year with Kentucky? Because, as you mentioned, they have missed the tournament before, but they've been on the verge. You could see that they could have possibly gotten there. This year, they're not getting there unless they win the SEC tournament. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is – the two biggest things. One was just the lack of um, – of, of the off season, you know, and obviously every school has that, but a school like Kentucky needs that more than any other, just with the new batch coming in, it gives them time to, to a play together. You get under Calipari and, and Lucas and, uh, and, the, and the coaching staff. We've seen it numerous times where Kentucky doesn't look the part early in the year, you know, but you do have those non-conference games against a lot of the sub one fifty teams on Ken Palm. They didn't have that this year. You know, they played a, a ridiculously tough schedule, which was, the worst year for it to happen. And so confidence gets shot. And the second thing is the roster just doesn't fit well. Um, you know, Devin Askew reclassified. He's not the answer yet at point guard, so you lose that lead guard. I like Davion Vince, but he's better off the ball. Um, playing two bigs is just I hate any team that plays two traditional bigs. Like Isaiah Jackson's a college five. Um, Jacob Toppin is better at, a, at the four than the three. Keon Brooks should be that four or five split. So it's a combination of those two things, and it just just kind of boiled over the entire year where, you know, I'm not one that says – I don't buy into the whole confidence thing a whole lot, but when you just go on those losing streaks and a guy like DJ Boston who hasn't lived up to the hype of what everyone thought he was going to be, you know, you're losing games that you don't, you're not used to and you're not hitting shots, that 
you know, as a freshman, that's kind of hard to, to carry over. And this team has, as we know, a ton of freshmen. Well, the team, though, that here in Arkansas, and of course, Razorback fans are taking a little bit of glee, and I'm sure a lot of people are out of Kentucky struggles. But oh, it, as it, they should. Yeah, and that, and that's what's nice is at least with Razorback fans, it's not only that they have Kentucky, but they're actually playing really well right now. Right. Number two seed in the SEC. Uh, how much have you been able to watch of Arkansas? And what do you think them as a team? I watch a bunch of Arkansas because you know, first off, they're a ton of fun to watch. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for teams that play fast and smart, and that's what Arkansas does. They are, you know, one of the, I think, top 50, maybe top 40 now in terms of tempo on offense. They also don't turn the ball over a ton. Um, and it's not like, you know, they're not playing the old, uh, what is it, the old Grinnell College where it's just launch as many threes as possible and hope to outscore the team 140 to 120. They defend really well. They don't launch a ton of threes. They play really smart. And I think there's a distinction between playing fast and playing fast and smart. And that's what Arkansas is doing. So, you know, they kind of have it all where you have the star in Moses Moody, and I, and I do think he's a star. Um, but, the, you know, the team just fits perfectly. I watched Jalen Tate at, at NKU because um, I live in Cincinnati. I was able to get down there quite a bit. He's one of those guys that, you know, when you transfer, you're a little worried about up transfers, but he defends, he does everything. He's the type of glue guy that teams that make runs in the NCAA tournament meet. And I've said that, you know, looking around the country, Illinois has that with Trent Frazier. I think that's what kind of what Jalen Tate can be at Arkansas. So looking at this team, then, if you, you just gave some of the great things about this team, if there's any kind of take back, some, uh, some kind of flaw from the team, what would you say that would be? You know, it, it is kind of weird because you don't think about it with Arkansas, but they are an average shooting team. Um, you know, like I said, they don't shoot a ton of threes, and they shoot them average when you look at – um, across the country from, from a, a shooting percentage standpoint. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a concern. They don't get to the line a ton either, which is a little shocking. I was looking at that recently. They're like 150th in the country at getting to the line. Um, those are the two concerns, but you know, it's really nitpicking at this point. I, you know, when it's, it's this late in the year, like there, you know, there's a couple weaknesses and, you know, you do worry, like if Moody is taken out of a game, do they have enough top end talent to compete when you get into, the second weekend, because that's the big difference that a lot of people kind of forget is the first weekend you do get the upset. Sometimes you get the favorable draw, but typically Sweet 16 Elite Eight, you need top talent to get to the Final Four, to get to an Elite Eight even. So, you know, if you lose Moody, let's say he's in foul trouble one game, do they have enough true top end talent that can carry him for a game or two? You know, the thing about this Razorback team that I think Razorback fans are excited about for sure is just how Eric Musselman just stepped on campus and immediately made this team different. And he has a yep. ton of energy. I don't know how he has as much energy as he does. I know. But he always has energy. His recruiting is really good. All the guys are buying in. And I think that that's what Razorback fans are kind of saying, okay, could this turn into something? Just what do you make of Eric Musselman and not only the job he's done, but what the job he could be capable of doing at Arkansas for years to come? Yeah, man, I'm a huge Musselman fan. I've been that way since he was at Nevada. When he when he turned trans when he transformed Nevada into well, a transfer U, but then also one of the better. I mean, let's be honest. The the Mountain West is more of a mid major than kind of that. Like the, I won't classify the American, let's say, as a, as a mid major, but they're not a power conference. MWC is below that. He turned them into a consistent tournament team on three straight MWCs at Arkansas. Not only can he still do the transfer thing. 
Arkansas has got a lot of decent in-state talent, right? Like, you know, throughout the years, you've lost some of that in-state talent recruiting, uh, most notably Malik Monk. That's a guy that Musselman, I think, has the ability to keep home. Um, because, listen, the Kentucky-Arkansas rivalry is one of the most underrated ones in the country, so it pains me to say this, this many positive things about, about <laughs> Arkansas. But you have a loyal fan base. You have a great, great home court. The facilities are there. Send guys to the pros. So the reason to leave Arkansas is starting to, to go by the wayside. It, it makes more sense if you want of, hey, I, maybe I want to stay home and be, you know, the, the hometown kid to lead Arkansas to a Final Four again. That's what Musselman can do. Because, again, he's playing a style that everybody wants to play. Like, who wants – would you rather play at Arkansas where you can get up and down the court, you play defense, you can get to the pros, or would you rather go to, like – Wisconsin, where you're playing the swing offense, you have to it's like Hoosiers. You got to pass it six times before you get a decent shot, and you're running, you know, 28 seconds off the shot clock. Like, let's be honest, nobody truly wants to play in that style. It, you win, sure, but it's not from an individual standpoint. That's not a style you want to play in, and that's what that's what Musselman does. And again, like, if he keeps this up with the with winning and the style of play, who? Again, who wouldn't want to play there? Not only can you keep in-state talent, but you can start now expanding. Maybe you grab a couple top five guys in the state of Texas. Maybe you know you grab a couple top five guys out of Georgia, and just start, you know, instead of keeping everybody home, you start expanding the borders and going, hey, we can go into your state and get a top recruit. Bobby, we know what the rankings say and what bracketology is telling us, but who's the best team in college basketball right now? It's Gonzaga. It's been Gonzaga since day one. Um, I actually wrote something about that today because this is what college basketball media and the more like the casual fan types that tends to do is we, we try to find storylines that aren't truly there. And it, with, with this, it feels like the same. Gonzaga is 24 now, 23 of their wins are by double digits. And I don't want to hear like, Oh, they're playing the WCC up until this week. They had played a tougher schedule than Baylor. So if we're saying about Gonzaga's schedule. Can we say the same about Baylor? And I know the Big 12's awesome. I think the Big 12 is the best conference in America. But statistics say, when you factor in the non-conference, Gonzaga, up until this week, played a better schedule than Baylor. So that whole thing just always bothered me. It's just kind of a lazy talking point, I think, with Gonzaga. This Gonzaga team has it all. They have two potential lottery picks in Suggs and Pittsburgh. They have experience when you look across the roster. They have depth. They have lineup versatility, which is something I'm a sucker for because they can play Kispert at the four with Nebhard and Suggs in the back uh, backcourt, or they can move Kispert to the three and play Watson at the four and Timmy at the five. Listen, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, all right there. Like, you know, if you're talking tiers, Baylor, Michigan are for sure tier one with Gonzaga. But in terms of best team, Gonzaga has been the best team from the get-go, and they still are to the set. We'll continue our discussion with Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.ag and how it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The college basketball is in full swing. We got postseason coming up, conference tournaments, NCAA tournament. That's when you can really make the big bucks and start looking at the real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine dealing with the NCAA tournament. That's what betonline.ag has you covered for. Not only the news, scores, and odds, but it's also the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON 
for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's it. 50% off your welcome bonus using promo code locked on at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. What would you say is a team that maybe isn't getting a lot of talk about them, or maybe they're not one of those teams that people think is going to be a one, two, or three seed that you feel like could really make a run in the tournament and possibly win a championship? The team no one's talking about. Yeah, I would say up, up until maybe Monday night, I would have said Oklahoma State was my answer to that, but now everyone's talking about them, <laughs> um, and rightfully so. Like Again, I, you have talent that, win, that tends to win in the NCAA tournament. They have the most talented player in college basketball in Cade Cunningham. They're slotted on bracket matrix right now as a, as a five seed. Um, listen, if, if they can pick off a one seed, I, I I would not be I'd be surprised, not shocked, if that makes sense. Um, you know, their team. I don't know if there really is a team other than that this year. Like, it, it, it's a weird year in the sense of it's fairly open, but there's such a sizable gap from tier one to the rest of the uh, the rest of the country. Um, even, you know, when you start getting into tier two teams, like a West Virginia, to me, there's such a jump from like West Virginia to, let's say, Clemson, who's a projected six seed. In theory, like that two to six line shouldn't be a massive difference between the two, but this year just kind of feels that way. So where does Arkansas fit in with those teams that you just mentioned? I think Arkansas is on the border of tier. If you have them in tier two, I'm not going to argue. If you have them in the top of tier three, I'm not going to argue. Um, it all depends on how you want to classify your tiers, they're right there. If, if Arkansas makes a Final Four, I will not be surprised. The way they're playing, like I said, when you have the ability to not only play fast and, and smart offensively, but you are a top 15 team defensively, that, that matters. We're in March. There's enough game to where this isn't a blip on the radar. This isn't something where we're going, okay, is this going to – there's a regression coming. Um, they keep getting better. <laughs> and it's, it's a little scary to see a team get better that's not made up of all freshmen or, you know, freshmen and sophomores, like we typically see with the Kentuckys, with the Dukes around this time of the year. Uh, Arkansas is not a young team by any means. They have, you know, they have plenty of experience mixed in with freshmen. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of juniors and seniors on that roster. You don't, you typically don't see something like that happen too often. The fact that Arkansas is doing that has me feeling as a team that I can trust. And to me, that year, this year, that means a lot. I've always been curious about this, too, because obviously we're getting to the point where not only the NCAA tournament, but conference tournaments are going on. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on, like, for instance, like the SEC tournament and, and winning it? Like, what does that mean? I can understand for small conferences because, hey, that's probably the only way that right. any team from that conference gets in. But for big conferences and all that, what are your feelings on conference tournaments themselves? I love conference tournaments. It's one of my. It's, it's such an underrated week. To, next week, when when everything's going on, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it means that much. Especially if you look at the SEC. Like historically, the SEC title game has been pretty relevant. Um, you know, just going on, on what I remember when Kentucky beat A and M. What was that in fourteen? No, in sixteen. Um, it didn't affect seeding one bit. A and M got the three seed. Kentucky got the four seed, and. I remember, like, and everyone kept saying, well, the winner of this game is going to get the three seed. It didn't matter. So it, I, I guess it matters from, like, a confidence standpoint. You know, you head into the NCAA tournament, like, hey, we're playing well. We won our conference tournament. Let's keep you know, there's something to build on here. 
But in terms of seeding, I don't think you see like a drastic jump or a fall one way or another. Like if, let's just say hypothetically, Arkansas wins the SEC tournament, they're probably still a two two seed or a three seed. If they lose in the first game, they're probably a three seed, maybe a four seed. So you know, I don't know if there's a. It's weird because, like you said, the the mid majors to low majors, it means everything in the world. From a high major standpoint, they're kind of irrelevant unless somebody steals a bit. All right, last question before I let you get out of here, Riggs, about just looking forward to the NCAA tournament. It's all going to be taking place in Indianapolis, or at least in the metro area, which is not something we're used to. I will come out and maybe have a, a, a different opinion about most, but I kind of like that because now if you're going to the tournament or anything, you know exactly where you're going without having to make your plans at the last minute. Do you think that this is something that maybe the NCAA will consider about making permanent, or do you think – after the COVID and all that stuff's over, they'll go back to where they're having it at different cities and different regions. Yeah, I, the reason I like it, but I'll tell you why, is you don't have to worry about geography anymore, right? Like the bracket always has the weird geography. Where it's like, we're going to try to keep teams closer to home, and it leads to a lot of uneven regions. And how many times you're like, oh, the West region stinks, and the Midwest region is loaded, or whatever it might, might be that year. They don't have to worry about this year, because like you said, everyone's going to the same spot. Um, they can just work, worry about, hey, the one seed plays, you know, the number one, number one seed plays the bottom number two seed and, and everything along those lines. Now, I don't think it'll stay because of, let's be honest, money. It, you know, they'll get cities being able to bid and, and get more money. and They'll always do that because money went out over everything. But I, I, I'm with you, man. I like the idea of it all being in one spot because it seems like it's going to make for a more balanced bracket in the true tournament. It's already fluky enough. Like, it's one game, win and go home. We see, uh, like, crazy upsets, things that wouldn't happen in, like, a best-of-five, best-of-seven series. The fact that we now have a more balanced bracket at least makes it feel more even, as close to even as it can be, I guess. Well, Riggs, we appreciate it, man. We know it's a fun time, especially for you when you cover college basketball, that we finally hit to March. I know your team's not in it, but, hey, you'll still have fun with it regardless, <laughs> man. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Absolutely, man. No, no problem. Have a good, good time. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.